0: Zip! put those headphones back on. Oh, I mean, boy This is episode two! Whoa! Save some for when you're better. Yeah. Featuring Ryan and Rashad Jackson, man. Rashad Jackson, man. man, man.
1: Goddamn. Nice
0: to see you again, brother. Hola, hola. Another week, another, another week. pod. I
1: don't like this weather, though. No, fuck this weather. This weather sucks. I mean,. Did you hear that wind, like, two, three days ago when it was, like, raining hard and we got, like, a little hurricane or some shit that was oh, going yeah. on? Yeah. My house was shaking. I That's thought it amazing. was a tornado. I thought I was going <laughs> to die, bro. I got so scared. At, like, two in the morning, the wind was just blowing hard for, like, maybe two to five minutes.
0: Yeah. One of my clients, actually, do not or one of the people I know... The wind was going so hard, it blew his window wide open. Are you serious? Yeah, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and his, like, shades were all fucked wow, up, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's, like, the worst <laughs> way to wake up, yeah, too, like, because you're just like, what is going <laughs> like, on? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. People, so happy to be here. So, today... Halloween weekend. Not technically.
1: No, well, today's... Tomorrow's Halloween.
0: I know, all... but technically, this is episode two. Yeah. So, you just... The cat's out of the bag, people. Sometimes we record these a little early. Yeah. Because it'll be coming out the week. (laughs) He gets it now. He's here. Mm -hmm. We're second week in November. Mm -hmm. Loving it. Mm -hmm. Just reminiscing on Halloween weekend.
1: (laughs) Amazing. I had so much fun on Halloween.
0: Yeah, I got no plans. Had no plans. Blacked out. Really? Yeah. I think I'm getting dinner with my girlfriend's parents. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) So romantic. I
0: know. No, they're actually cool. We have a good time. I did pitch the idea of dressing up. That was shut down. I haven't dressed up in like 10 years. I'm looking for an excuse to dress up. I almost had a show on Halloween this year, but I got canceled. I was so excited. I was like,
1: yes, an excuse. Why why did it get canceled?
0: The promoter was flaky. It wasn't even through me. I'm drumming for Pillbook. Shout out to Mm Pillbook. And it was through him. A promoter hit him up, actually. And then like when we went to follow up about details like a week before the gig, I haven't heard a damn thing. So catch us on stage November 12th think this should be coming out right before then nice yeah we'll be uh playing Sonia in cambridge opening up for carissa johnson
1: damn we uh i feel like we performed there or we've been there before. i've definitely played Sonia. yeah, Sonya. yeah. have you come like up we've on stage? Been, yeah, yeah i've played there like three that name two, sounds three so times. familiar yeah, yeah. i think yeah. i was there one time maybe you better
0: have it was all with the bamboo yeah so you better have hop yeah hop i'm pretty there. sure i was there yeah james and danny mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well I'll be there again, mm-hmm. reminiscent on old times. November 12th? November 12th, baby. I'll be there. So this is episode two. This one was interesting because... Really? It wasn't in person. So, oh, I'm sorry. We, Gavin McLeod was my guest. Okay. Incredible, incredible musician. Truly blessed to have him as our second guest. He's been doing his damn thing for a long time. How long? Well, I guess, I mean... You'll hear in the interview he was saying like as, as young as like eight. Got yeah. Damn. First professional gig at like eleven. Damn. He said it was a bit of a stretch to call a professional gig, but he got like paid. And he was playing guitar he on stage still got at eleven. Paid at yeah. Eleven.
1: That's yeah. awesome. So that's bro.
0: legit. Yeah. I met this guy. I was doing a lot of TikTok duets. I was, uh, you know, like so somebody would like play guitar and sing on TikTok, and I would take that video and then I play drums uh, over. Ah, that's what that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I did that to one of his videos. Um, He was very gracious. He dug it. He shared it. We follow each other now, and we, you know, we kept in touch. I reached out, asked him if he wanted to do it, and he said, yeah. I was a little nervous. This is the first one I've ever done over Zoom. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's different than in person. It's different than in person. I'm going to have to continue to improve. There's, like, a little delay, you know. It's, like, it's different. It's different. It's different. But, honestly, we were still able to have a great chat. I was, uh, I was able to really get to know him and, again, what he does, why he does it.
1: How was he? In the interview. Chill. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, first of all, he showed up. We are on Zoom. He's got the SM7B. Mm-hmm. All right? This is the legit mic. Yeah. So, you know, right when you turn on the screen, you see this kid. You know, he's already set up the mic. You're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's not fucking around. He knows what the deal is. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly how how the interview went. Not that he was like, too, you know. Great chat. Great chat. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Super professional guy. Um old That's a good question. You keep asking me. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, do people like to be asked that? Do people yeah, want us to say it? We should. Yeah? yeah. I don't know. I would guess mid-20s maybe. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah, mid-20s.
1: You'll never know. Maybe it's the ladies out there are looking for a guy like him. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's, a, it's important yeah. to ask Or maybe the questions. fellas. You yeah. know, whoever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know?
0: You know, if everybody wants a piece of Gavin McLeod... I, I don't blame you. He's from Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got his shit going on. Oh, yeah.
1: Canada.
0: He's blue, <laughs> yeah. blues-inspired musician. Nice. Um, technically a solo artist, but he's rock- been rocking with a band for, for a bit. Um, you know, like most of us musicians, COVID canceled a lot of like touring plans for him. And he just kind of re-scrambled. And he's been in the studio releasing singles lately and crushing it. I mean, luckily, he's been able to get back to live as he talks about in the thing, he's played some sold-out shows, getting back into it. Great dude.
1: Great now dude. Now, maybe you can answer this, but... How old is he, Rashad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are the venues slowly starting to back open back up again?
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's a little different in Canada. I mean, here, they're open. No, they're open. Here. You know, you mask up. They ask for proof of vaccination. So venues in the states, well, at least our state, Massachusetts, has yeah. been a, open for, for I would say, like, since summer. Canada has been rocking like 50% capacity Mm -hmm. for the, well, for ever since they started doing, you know, Mm -hmm. ever since they reopened, I guess. Um, But I guess, I keep saying, I guess, but it sounds like they just went to full capacity. So he does have some shows that he just announced.
1: God damn it. COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah. COVID's ruining
1: everything for everybody. But,
0: you know, he's one of those artists that didn't let it slow him down. You know, he just kind of switched his focus for a bit and crushed it. Now he's getting back to the shows. Really great dude. Really enjoyed our chat. Awesome. Yeah. So without further ado, here's my chat with Gavin McLeod. Woo-hoo! <laughs>
2: to meet you you too man i'm uh yeah i'm doing i'm doing okay i'm yeah. uh finally getting busy again with stuff which is great yeah, it looks like and it. yeah you know i'm just in my my basement it's a kind of a studio i uh, just like filled with guitars and gear and stuff so love it
0: love yeah, it man. yeah it looks tight yeah it looks like you've been getting out there back to
2: shows yeah it, you know to like whatever capacity that is like obviously um you know on, on social media you try to make things look like they're going like real (laughs) a lot better than they are and you're like hey (laughs) man yeah you're actually like real stressed about the whole thing but it's um it's good man i definitely feel the most like me when i'm playing shows so it it's good good for my mental health and all
0: that it does look like we have similar uh it looks like covid canceled some tour plans for you too
2: yeah we definitely had our like biggest stuff coming up yeah which sucks but at the same time i think there's like artists i follow who had even bigger stuff coming up so you know, I, I'm more crushed for, like, people in that camp. Like, if you had, like, an opening tour for someone crazy or something. Sure, or, sure. You know, you know, could be worse. Always could be worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so you are technically a solo artist, it looks like, right?
2: Yeah, so I've been with a lot of my band as it is right now. I've actually been with for a long time in, in one way or another. Uh, I used to be a cover band. Oh, cool. And we just kind of gradually, I, I was playing this festival and, I used to do a lot of like blues music so that I was doing it as a solo artist and I needed a band and like, well, yeah. you know, just pick them because it's like I've played with them for so long. So yeah. the lineup's changed here and there, but it's all kind of under the solo name now, but it, it really does feel like a band at the end of the day.
0: You have your tour plans canceled and then it looks like you just immediately changed directions to like, all right, well, there's nothing left to do but write and record, you know? And then, yeah. so yeah. you kind of, it looks like you're working on an EP, but you've been dropping some singles, the latest one being Long Gone 21. Yep, Um, which is a jam. Yeah,
2: it's been uh, it's been a lot less planned than I probably would have liked it to be pre-COVID. Like pre-COVID, I had like six songs that I had done with the same producer, and I was like really stoked on them at the time. And I still like really like I like them for what they are. But as far as like releasing that first EP, that first like official you know five six song EP, yeah, uh, I kind of steered clear just because I felt like too much time had passed. So those are still in the can, and I might. Might release some re-record them, all that stuff. But right now, it's more just like finding a sound and trying to trying to find where I I land on my feet, and you know if I land on my feet after this whole COVID thing, and like what sound that produces, and then that's what we're gonna go forward with. So right now, we're looking. Hopefully, like April, March, April is kind of a time I think where I want to have an EP out, something I'm able to like tour next. But a fresh one,
0: not the one that's in the can right now.
2: Completely fresh, yeah.
0: Wow, I respect the move. I mean,
2: you know to sit on would you You have six songs it yeah there was uh two two or three of which were released so I, I i had a string of singles uh the first one being the song called julia yeah which wasn't gonna end up on the ep and then there was a rhyme and reason like this and we ain't acting like us and those were three that were gonna appear with another three okay um so yeah like it was a, it was a a decent amount of stuff and i did it with a really great producer named nixon boyd uh You know, it was like, I love those tunes still, but I feel like this last year kind of does it, does something to you as a writer where you're like, ah, there's like more stuff to talk about than,
0: yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I really respect the move of like, I don't know, me, if I have a song ready to go, it just burns a hole in my pocket, but I love the Mm -hmm. fact that you're like, this doesn't really reflect like me and where I'm at right now after like this whole transition, different period, you know, so it's like, well, Mm -hmm. just keep looking forward and, and moving on, you know, I love that and it definitely seems so what you hopped right back into the studio and then that's when you did these other singles that have been coming out
2: yeah there's uh there was like well the long gone I did actually down here in my basement oh. cuz basically we had we had access to all uh, all this gear I was going to say um, it sounds incredible thank you very much yeah. i th- i think that had a lot to do with like it was just my guitar player patrick and i we just did that thing all ourselves the only wow. thing we did out of house was um the mastering of course yeah but like mixing and recording and everything we did ourselves, which i think led to like you know maybe it doesn't sound as professional as it could have but it definitely sounds like exactly what we wanted it to so. you
0: fooled me yeah i thought for sure that Thank was you. recorded in a studio <laughs> yeah so it was just you and Thank your you, buddy
2: man. just me and my buddy
0: so who who like what do you cover on that like how many instruments are you playing you wrote the song i'm guessing or did you guys write yeah. it together
2: yes yeah, so i i wrote it i brought it to him with um like it was really fresh. We'd kind of planned to record it because the idea was really cool. And we'd planned to record it like a week before um, we actually ended up doing it. So I didn't have it fully written yet, but he came over and we, we kind of knew that we were going to start tracking it that day. So we had a bit of a time crunch and we're like, okay, we have to finish writing it today. So we sat outside, got got it to like somewhere where we were pretty happy with it. And like looking back now, I wish, you always wish you spent a little more time on like pre-production, Yeah, but maybe then it wouldn't be as fresh and as like, in the moment as it ended up being so yeah
0: you definitely captured that energy for sure sometimes mm-hmm. if it's too polished it's like well yeah i agree something. yeah
2: yes yeah, so, yeah we got to a point where we liked it and then i tracked a scratch drum take which is like really all i'm good for as a drummer See, like just
0: I, that's what i was curious I, i'm a drummer
2: so i'm curious i was like who played the drums is he playing yeah. the drums
0: so, wait so you played the scratch track or you played the drums on that
2: i played the scratch i had my drummer tyler came in sorry so yeah the band ended up all like everyone in the band ended up playing on it oh, cool. um but like we got the initial sort of idea down which I'm glad I'm like I started as a drummer so I'm, I'm glad I have that in my bag yes. I definitely couldn't play on like a record but
0: okay um, okay oh it's such a helpful instrument to did you say you learned it first did it come first
2: yeah it's my dad drummed he was like a drummer all through high school and he played oh. in bands and he's actually still with his his high school like dad band, but oh my God they still play it together, they're oh playing on God. Halloween,
0: oh my God, I'm the only musician in my family, so I love the idea of a dad drummer <laughs> that is incredible, but yeah drums is my first instrument too, and I feel like it kind of gives you an edge, you know when you pick up the guitar, you already have the rhythm part down, so mm-hmm. it's a
2: nice thing to, it's a nice thing to have in your bag, yeah, for sure i man i I say that all the time, I think that's um you know i'm I'm a decent lead player, but I think my sh- my strength as a guitar player is like my ri- my right hand, yep, and like my rhythm and stuff. That's I um to that
0: for sure, yeah.
2: I think that it helps a lot having that like foundation for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely. So Such- I-, I looked you up and I was like, well, I found you because I did that TikTok to your video, and yeah, then yeah. so I started following you, and then obviously you know I, I even turned a couple of my friends because they love blues and and. It sounds like you said you're straying away from blues, but blues is so clearly in your roots. You know, it's definitely still present there, mm-hmm. uh, even if you don't identify as a blue blues artist. You know, it, it definitely feels like, uh, yeah, there's some blues here. My friends love that, so yeah, a lot of my friends yeah. are digging your shit. Uh,
2: I'm like super. oh, I appreciate that, man. I, um, it, it's like a weird path to take because there's a lot. There's a really clear path if you want to, at least where I'm from, if you want to do the the blues thing. Yeah. There's um there's a lot of really great, especially if you're younger, there's a lot of great opportunities to play like pretty sizable festivals. And I, I did that in like 2018, 2019, which I'm really, um I'm glad I got those opportunities, but I don't know, like, like anything, there's like a, there's a box there where it's like, you know, you, you can play that role. And some guys like really truly believe that and they love that. And it's like, that's, that's good on them. But I found like I was writing a lot of stuff because, you know, I also love like Neil Young and I like, yeah, uh, Bruce Springsteen and all this other sort of stuff that is outside of there. So I didn't want to necessarily confine it to that. So I'm in that process of finding out how I can take the blues stuff and, and kind of use it in a different context, Absolutely. which means you can't play as many like blues festivals and yeah, things yeah. that are like exactly for that. But it's uh, maybe maybe a long play, right? Oh
0: yeah, definitely. I always say there's I mean there's too much good music out there to kind of narrow yourself to one direction. You know, just take. Mm-hmm. Take what you need from all the different genres. You know, it, it sounds like blues allowed you some really great opportunities. I, I was reading up on you. It looks like you had your first real gig at eleven.
2: Yeah, that I think my first paid gig was was eleven. I'm pretty sure. So what what was that? Yeah, so were that you playing with a band or what? Yeah, so I played. Well, I'll start from the the start. So since we were talking about drumming, yeah. But um, remember that game Rock Band? That- yeah yeah xbox game yeah so i know we a lot had of drummers that. that start on rock band <laughs> yeah. that was me man i I, yeah. I was playing i was playing tom sawyer by rush and mm-hmm. i was like eight you know like well oh, that hard beat or
0: is incredible too oh, so it's like unbelievable yeah, right man. it just connects it sounds like it just unlocked that drummer in you yeah rest an in peace neil date. man
2: absolutely r.i.p god that that really shook me dude that was like like that one, and uh, and then Norm Macdonald just passed yeah. away. But like those are the only two like celebrity or you know yeah. artist deaths that really got me. Yeah, Where I yeah. was like snowboarding, and I I like Rush was my first concert. That was my first uh, like favorite band. No, um, oh, okay, probably all because of the drums because my dad, you know, he's like Neil Neil Pierce, oh, the yeah, best sure. drummer in the world. You yep, know, so, yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: So that I yeah, just always had that like ingrained in my head. Um, yeah. So I was playing drums, and then. Like the rock band guitar is not very similar to the real guitar, it's just yeah. like playing buttons, right? right but right. the drums are like the mechanics are almost the same thing. So, yeah, I think he saw that I had like some sort of skill with it. So, he he put me on his uh, like this old Ludwig kit in the basement from the 80s. Yeah, it's like try this out. So, I, I tried that out for a bit, and um, I was just like hooked. And then, I think a year later, I picked up a guitar and oh, wow, never really looked back. So, that I love that.
0: that. Wow, so you went right to it. And this was all yeah. what? How old were you? Eight.
2: Uh, yeah. So it would have been like eight for drums, and then I probably, probably started guitar at like nine, nine years old, and then two years later you had your first professional gig. <laughs> yeah, I it was, I, like it's a stretch calling it professional, but it was at this place called the Free Times Cafe in Toronto. Okay. And, yeah, I I, I definitely owe them a lot because I I went to an open mic, and I was just like so. Like you're still like naive and like innocent at that age, you know. She so just like I was just like so ready to get up there and play. Oh, I love. So I, did, I I did that and I probably played like a Foo Fighters song or something. And then the the owner was like, "Oh, you should come back and like open for this guy." I didn't really know. I I hadn't. It's not like I worked up to that. It just kind of happened all of a sudden. So I never yeah. um really thought about it till years later of like how important that was. But Absolutely. she like paid me probably fifty bucks and I came back and like played a forty minute set of just like cover songs and shit
0: at eleven years old. Yeah. by yourself
2: yeah it, sorry it was like 11 or maybe possibly 12 it's hard to tell in the, oh, the I mean, video but the yeah it was like thing, it was incredible. around that age and like just played a bunch of cover songs and god. it was like real real bad
0: oh my god no but that's awesome wow what a great experience i don't know me personally like open mics are always the scariest shows quote-unquote opportunities yes. because it's just you and a guitar and I, I love having my buddies up on stage with me but i mean as a solo guy, how often do you find yourself up on stage with just you and a guitar?
2: Uh, I do. I mean, most times when I do it these days, it's either for like convenience or for like you make a little more cash that way. Right. So like, yeah. if you, you know, some sort of a lot of the a lot of the shows I promote on Instagram and stuff, that's usually the band show, and like the incarnation that I want it to to be. So yeah. that's what I'll promote. But then, a lot, you know, most weekends, I'm playing a wedding or I'm playing a bar or something like that. Oh, nice. Just Cause it, it's a good grind fan. Like you can make some good money doing it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I, I try spend, to do it yeah. as much as possible. And I, I like, I like the challenge of these like three hour acoustic shows. Cause it's like such a, it's like a workout, you know,
0: dude, I, I was, I played in my first cover band this summer and yeah, mm-hmm. three hour sets. I was, I was drumming.
2: Um, as a drummer. That's like a that's a real workout. There. It
0: is. It really is. Yeah, it was so fun though. Um, but I couldn't imagine. Yeah, singing, playing, especially cover songs. There's just so much to wrap your head around, chord progression wise, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the stamina to play three hour sets. But it, it's it's a it's fun to it's get a paid, to like right? Get it's it. fun to play yeah. music and, and get paid, and and people react well to a cover set. So it, it's it's all fun. Yeah, so it, so it, that's what you're doing it's, on weekends. It's weird
2: thing at my age where like. A lot of i don't know there's like the stigma with musicians that like yo, i go you should go get a real job and all that but i don't know i always found that strange because and you tell people this you're like i can go i could probably make like 1500 bucks in a weekend just playing acoustic gigs like if i i don't always do that obviously but like right. if you work your you work hard enough you can yeah. you can do that and like that's a, it's a decent money you know like if you go work in a kitchen or you you can bust your ass like doing anything really and and i like playing music more than working in the kitchen so like, absolutely it makes and it's,
0: sense. yeah it's so cool to like take this craft you've been working on for you know forever it sounds like mm-hmm. and then to to put that and to do what you love and then get paid for it it, it, it is yeah. a beautiful thing I don't and know. it's
2: it's fun because like it's obviously not the forever goal i want to be like you know i want to tour with and make records with uh you know the project i'm, I'm working on right now but right. um you know as we all know like that's especially right now if you like can only fill up a venue halfway it's like you know, you gotta find other ways to kind of fund it, and if you can do that yeah. through music, like that's
0: right, like you said, I'm gonna perfect. have to get a job, whether it's you know scrubbing dishes or whatever. I might as well use the guitar. So yeah, let's do
2: it. <laughs> and like and gigs come through that too, and you can, you know, it. I think just any time you're playing, like the vocal stamina thing, I think is what I've gained the most from doing those because yeah, you sing for three hours. Like I was never really professionally trained in that sense, but you kind of have to you learn as you go, you're like, well, if I'm doing these, I have to figure out how to sing in a way that's not going to like kill my voice next week or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. You you Learn as you go for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I think I heard you almost touching on the fact that like every, you know, every gig is an opportunity for more. Like you played that open mic at at 11 years old and you got your first gig, you know, like if anybody hears you at these cover shows, you know, that can always lead to more opportunities. The more you're playing, the more you're getting yourself out there, it's never going to hurt.
2: Yeah. I, I can't – it actually – when you think about that too much, it starts to scare you because, like, all, all of the opportunities I've, like, I've gotten have usually come from some, like, show that I probably wasn't even that stoked on. It. Like, yeah. It's, it, and it's all, like, a mentality thing because I've, I've tried to, like, shift that thinking now. But you're, like, going to a bar show and you're just like, ah, I don't want to – there's going to be six people there. I don't want to do it. And then all of a sudden the, the guy that – you meet a guy there who's, like, you know, owns a studio and and things just happen in a weird way like that. So. Yeah. If you're if you're actually positive about all that stuff, it's um it's gonna do you better than like absolutely being cynical about it. So, absolutely, yeah, I love that. But I love that. I always heard people say like if you if you can get like two gigs from every gig, you can just have that sort of exponential thing. So yeah. that's always that's always my mentality, and just treat every um every gig with like reverence and respect, and you know, like like any other job, you know, you just gotta absolutely treat it with the same respect. So that's what I try to do.
1: Yeah.
0: I always bring my buddy. I always hire my buddy to film the gig cause it's like, all right, well, if nobody shows up, I'm just going to perform for the camera, you know? Yes. Like, I'm leaving here with something, you know? I, I love mm-hmm. that. And I, yeah, exactly. Respect every gig, take every gig, you know, with the same amount of energy and effort and respect and, you know, good things yeah. to happen for
2: sure. Well, there's a weird thing too with, um, just like, these days with branding yourself and like trying to put everything you do it on, on social media, I, there's like a balance between you could, you could just present yourself as like the artist who's like exactly online. You're exactly how you want to present yourself. And you know, you're this like rock star thing, but I don't know. It, it feels more real. If you got to be posting every day and, and you want to be like staying connected with, with fans and stuff, it's almost better for, for me at least to like show that side of it, like show the grind of it all. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a little more real. And then when you're, Absolutely. you know, when you release a record or you got a music video, like you can still be that guy and you can brand yourself that way. But yeah, you know, that's the whole point of social media is to like peel back the curtain a little bit and like show how things actually are. To, to, for me, at least, I, I kind of like that part of it. So. Absolutely,
0: I love that. Yeah. So I feel like you recently, I saw you. You were putting out a lot of behind the scenes up working on a video. And then I remember the video, it was killer, it was like through this house and you're playing in different, you know, your whole band was like spread out through the house, right? What song was that again?
2: Yeah, so that that was for a song called Rhyme and Reason. Yeah, Rhyme and Reason, yeah. How did that video Mm. come together? Yeah, so that was last summer, kind of like middle of like COVID really being crazy, so there was a lot of uh, like loophole, like essentially I wanted to film that video elsewhere, but it just kind of made sense. It wasn't like, it wasn't in... It wasn't the the actual point, but afterwards it kind of was like implied that it was like everyone was in the house, so that was kind of like a cool sort of yeah sort of thing. But yeah, I, I had a buddy of mine, or actually a buddy of my my dad's who film director, and he was just looking for something to do. Nice. Um, just because like you know like no one was really doing much, right. so I presented this idea, and he was people were just just stoked to be part of something creative and like get out of the house for for once. So um, everyone involved in that, it was just like. It was the band and um, Rob who who directed it, and then actually another guy named Rob Scarborough who was the, the he filmed it. And it was like this crazy process because I had the idea of doing a one take video, which seems easier at the time of like planning it because you're like, you're like, oh, you know, we don't have to like. There's
0: no editing. code. Oh, right, really. right, exactly. Yeah, the editing. <laughs> yeah, easy. But, but scripting god, yeah, like, that
2: one take out. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was so stupid. So like we had a. The whole thing kind of ended with me jumping in a pool and then getting out and like opening the garage and playing. We had like four different sets where the band was set up. Yeah. And essentially when the camera would move away, the band would sneak behind and get to the next location. Yeah. Um, So yes, we set up like four different spots around the house where the band was was playing and we shot it at like a, I think it was like 1.5 speed. So when you play it back, it looked like it was in slow motion. So the song was like really cooking, and oh the band was like running god. around and stuff. And
0: yeah,
2: and we shot it seven times. I think we probably started around like five o'clock, four or five o'clock when we started shooting. Got dark around eight, so we got about seven takes. in. I had to dry off each time, new change of clothes, all that stuff. Oh my god! And I think we ended up using like take seven or six or seven. So it was like right oh at the okay. end. Wow! Finally, finally got it right. So.
0: I, wow, I, I love the idea that it's like it's it's not hard enough, right? To capture this in one take, let's crank up the speed to one point five.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, it was ridiculous. I've like oh, sh- came I such great. fond memories so to shoot awesome.
0: I bet, I bet. Yeah, no, Thank it looks did. so much fun. It looks like such a feat to pull off, too. You know, <laughs> isn't it so great when you yeah. like have an idea in your head and then it comes to life? You know, there's always you have to make adjustments and, and change but it's always so great when it, when you pull it off it's such a wonderful feeling
2: yeah it, it, it was it was weird too cuz like during that summer like things were gotten so comfortable cuz everyone was just at home yeah so like there wasn't as much like hard work and like i don't know, like working that hard towards something and then actually having it come out the way you wanted and you know dealing with all the issues that come along with it is like it's very very rewarding thing doing that so absolutely yeah
0: yeah you took on a real challenge
2: there yeah, it's crazy. Much respect. Yeah, I know it came out yeah, great. Yeah, I, I only had the idea. Like the execution was like in big part because of Rob and both Robs who were a part of that. They were they just killed it. So awesome.
0: Yeah. It well, it takes a team. Team is so important. So collaboration important, is man. key. But see, so you're out in Canada.
2: Yeah, just outside of Toronto. Right
0: outside of Toronto. What's the music scene like out there?
2: It's good. I've, I mean, everyone always tells me it's like oh, it was better back in the day. well yeah
0: same here i think that's
2: everywhere back in the day was better (laughs) yeah i don't believe it but hey let them think it i know yeah it's hard to say like of course it was better back when like like i don't know we 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 played once at a place called the horseshoe tavern which is a real legendary spot okay on queen street and um you know every toronto band's kind of like it's definitely like a you know a step in the ladder like you play there and you've like you know, you've achieved something as small as it is. It's like still something because like the Stones have played there, and like the Strokes have played there. So all these, all these great bands when they came to Toronto, they would play there because it was, you know, it's only like a 400 cap room, but it's um, it's very like very legendary spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even that was like when that like in the early 2000s, that's when like the Stones played there and the Strokes played there. I'm pretty sure. So there's definitely um, there's definitely still a scene kind of, but the COVID thing's really been tough on, on a lot of the bars and clubs. So I don't know. I don't know what the scene's going to be like after all this is said and done.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, it's a bummer because I'm finding, I mean, I love how, how you, you know, you embrace the internet, you're on TikTok. you know, you're, you're crushing it on those, but you haven't forgot about live music, you know, and you're rushing Mm. back to it. Any chance you get it's sad. I talked to some artists these days and they just don't see the value in touring or playing live anymore because they can just reach the whole world from their bedrooms, you know, on their, on their phones. But I'm like, no, like live music is so important. Playing Mm -hmm. your songs for people is so important. Like that can't go away. No. While the internet is a beautiful tool and that
2: should be used too. It's like,
0: no, live music needs to stay. You know, we can't get rid of
2: that. I know. I, I was having this discussion with a a buddy of mine. Like I'm not really in the pop music world. Like that's such a different world for me so I don't know how it how it operates it's maybe it's like less live oriented but I've got a lot of friends with like millions of streams yeah like just guys I know from my like hometown and stuff even with like just crazy stream numbers and you talk talk to guys like that and they're looking at you being like oh I wish I played live more and I'm looking at them wishing I I knew more about that world yeah but I do think they trickle in like if you go at it long enough I think one will kind of trickle into the other like oh, if absolutely. you're really good with streams like all of a sudden you're gonna have a fan base in a city and yeah you know vice versa oh they're so. both
0: necessary i feel like yeah if mm-hmm. you go hard at both it's like
2: i just don't really care like and this is not to disparage anyone like with big stream numbers but yeah, i yeah. personally i don't care as much about that or putting my effort into that as i do like booking shows and trying to perfect that side of things yeah maybe that's just antiquated like i don't know what we'll see in the future if that's like pays off or not. i'd I definitely know I get more fulfillment out of it, so that's why I, I do it. Absolutely, yes. Yeah.
0: No, I love that, I love that. I mean, right, stream, the numbers are are important, but yeah, you really need to hone in for that live music experience, and, and these pop artists are gonna get a little bit of a shock once they are expected to perform live. You know, these stream numbers, now they got fans all around, they want to see it mm. perform live, and they're gonna have to kind of hone that and learn that. Instead yeah. of, like, you know, how <laughs> yeah, to doing no. it at the same time.
2: <laughs> and some are really good at that, but you can tell, like, some people are, um, like, it's definitely, if, if you've never really, like, gigged a bunch, then it's, I guess it's tough to get that, like, learning how to, like, work a crowd and stuff. Like, it takes a long fucking time to, like, get that yeah. sorted out. Like, I'm not even close to figuring that out entirely, but, like, you learn something a little bit every time you play, so.
0: I, ugh that's exactly what I say. Dude, you learn, yeah. you know, you learn something every time. Every time. Yeah,
2: even if like those gigs with like one person. That's where round, that's you like, where you learn the most, I, I feel like. Yeah, the worst <laughs> yeah. gigs
0: I've always come from. well, at least I learned something.
2: <laughs> Dude, I played this is a funny gig story. Oh, yes. So I played um two nights ago I played in Kitchener, Ontario. Um I don't want to name the place cuz like just in case. Yeah, yeah. Although the the show the other day was great. I didn't expect it to be because, like last summer, I played and it had just rained, and uh, I was an outdoor like on on a patio. Oh wow! I got there and I had, I had one person come, well two people. My father, he came because like Kitchener, that area, of Kitchener. You, if you've got expensive stuff, like maybe you want to have someone with you, yeah, which is great. And then um, my fan, and I'll shout him out here because you he might listen. To this is his name's Matt, and um, he came all the way from Toronto, like two hours to see because. Oh. I la- the lesson I learned that. here was that if you're playing a show that you like that, where it's like I'm playing on a patio for for a bar, and I don't think there's gonna be that many people there, yeah. don't promote it to your fans on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. The off chance you get that one guy to come down, you're like, oh my god, uh, right? Yes, yeah, no, I get it. And there were people there, but it, it just rained, and it was like I felt so bad. Anyway, this guy's like he's a beauty, and he came. We played at uh, a club last week, and he like came out to that one, and it felt good because like there was actually like good crowd there and i felt like all was right in the world so but i I learned a lesson there because it's like don't you know you should maybe only promote the the ones you actually really want people to come out to.
0: yeah but i don't know about you but it's like it's all it always can be up in the air you know i'm always going into Mm -hmm. i mean i'm more playing with other bands now but when i was fronting my own thing i remember going into every gig with that anxiety of like you know I don't know how many people are going to be there. I have a similar one where, it was, yeah, only my dad and, uh, you know, a couple of his friends are in the crowd and my dad's not a musician. You know that? And that was a tough <laughs> one. That was a damn tough
2: one. Oh, yeah, that's, there's like a, I think you could talk to any, um, you could talk to like the biggest musician in the world and they'd probably have a story or multiple stories like that. Oh, they better, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to go through
2: that. You have to. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little, it's like a rite of passage thing.
0: Absolutely. Except I don't think Billie Eilish has ever played to one person, but maybe. I could be wrong.
2: <laughs> my Dude, my, uh, so my guitar player that he helped produce the track that I was telling you about, he saw Billie Eilish at the Phoenix, I want to say like three or four years ago. So the Phoenix is, I don't, maybe like, it's under a thousand people. It's this venue in Toronto. Oh, wow. It's like five to eight hundred, something like that. And, um. Like he says it was crazy, but like obviously she's it's, it's just crazy to watch an artist go from like that level. Oh, for to real. Yeah. I literally played
0: I played a gig two weeks ago on the same stage that the Jonas brothers had one of their first ever <laughs> gigs at as a kid. I I was like, you know, it's always nice because everybody's gotta start at those stages and move up. But like you said, you have those places in around you where you know the big guys came through. Mm-hmm. And it's always nice to touch those stages, you know.
2: Yeah, there's um when it's a band like you really care about or something, it's you definitely spend the first song like shaking off that sort of <laughs> yeah. fear. Yeah, when we played the horseshoe and we were opening for this guy Ariel Posen, this really good guitar player, okay, from uh, from Winnipeg, and he was playing the horseshoe. And actually, this is a good lesson. I know we're kind of talking shop here more than like. I love it, dude. I love but it. People like this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the way I got that gig, cause I had a lot of friends of mine be like, how, how the hell did he get that? Cause it was at the horseshoe. Yeah. And I was going to this gig, like regardless, I was going to get tickets and all that. And I just, the day or two days before I reached out to the, I found the manager's email. I was like, Hey, um, like I'm coming to this gig regardless. Any chance you need an opener, we would love to do it. And she's like, yeah, sure. I was like, Oh my God. So oh, it just my God, freaked me that. out. And, um, so I got to do that. But like, you're sitting in that green room and you're like, oh my god, the Rolling Stone, like the Rolling Stones have been here. Yeah, you're like, it, it freaks you out a little bit at the start, but then you, it's just like any other show after. Absolutely, but
0: God, you're given a lot of valuable lessons here. I'm not gonna, you know, reaching out, just putting yourself out there, seeing that you know a band you love is coming to a place mm-hmm. you want to play, and sending that email. Find, you know, well, finding the email first and then sending it. That's what you gotta do. And getting rejected and all that. Oh like my God. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, ninety percent of doing this damn thing is getting rejected, you know, at least oh in yeah. the beginning. Oh, it, but it makes you tougher, it makes you better. It's those lessons that we're talking about. You know, you just learn mm-hmm. from those experiences.
2: Yeah, I, I find like if you if you're doing it the way you wanna do it, it's a risk and it's a long it's definitely like a long play and it's yeah. a risk, but like and you'll get rejected a bunch, but sometimes it works out. But you gotta like really you got to know that like a lot of times it's not going to work out yeah and at like, the end of the like day to you know, to like, the lane.
0: yeah and you know you stay true to yourself the whole time and you went for it you know like the only mm-hmm. re- regret we can have is not going for it so knowing that you're going for it 100 percent, going for every opportunity you know rejection's fine it's better than not putting yourself out there
2: yeah that's the same thing with like the the feeling the stigma people have for musicians um I think anyone, like the hardest, like the most blue collar guy in the world is going to be like, res- have respect for someone who's like completely going for something. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's like if you're passionate and you're like, because a lot of musicians are like, I'm passionate and I'm going for this, but you know, they're not like, they're not giving it 100%. So I think that's where, you know, that's where the, the difference is. And like if you're, it doesn't guarantee anything, but as long as you're working like your ass off, it's, Right, you I can't think it's hate a respectable thing to try.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like he's, yeah, my dad's blue collar. He's definitely like, didn't get the music thing, but it's been t- 20 years and I ain't stopping. It. And he's like, well, you know, he's going for it. You can't hate on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't get over having a drummer as a dad, though. Yeah. I mean, do you guys, like, you jam? know, like you jam with your dad.
2: Oh, yeah. dude! Oh, it's, my it's the best.
0: God.
2: It's so fun, man. Oh, yeah. My like God, my family. No one was a professional musician, but I do feel like I have like a bit of a weight on my shoulder because like I had a couple people who I think tried and like a lot of really talented people in my family but no one ever like actually gave it a go yeah um but you know like my dad always played drums and yeah that definitely had a big influence on me because you know he was obviously in the rush when he was a kid and um you know like U2 and he came up in the 80s so like a lot of that like new wave stuff yeah and then yeah I just yeah we we jam not as much as actually we probably should jam more because it's so fun but yeah, yeah. we do we do jam when we can oh and God. um and he totally gets, like, if, if my band's rehearsing at my house, it's like he gets it.
0: Right, so right, right. It's, right. it's all good. Yeah, he understands. It's not just noise. It's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, my God. He's like, I put my parents through it, so <laughs> yeah, right, allowing exactly. me to do it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, my God. I love that. So, yeah, I, I did notice that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like Julia popped off. I mean, that that's definitely, like, your most streamed song. I know, you know, streaming numbers we just talked about. It's like, whatever. But it does mm-hmm. look like that song made an impact.
2: Any, yeah. Any rhyme yeah. or reason to it's that? It's weird. Like I don't, it... um, you know, for what like for the small kind of crowd I pull in in my area right now, people uh, people always like ask for that song. Yeah. But it's not like you know, it's not like it went like a million streams or something. Like I got understand. Went, I can like, understand 50, people wanting 000. it. Thousand. Yeah. It's not. It's that's not bad. That blows my mind. Yeah. Really? That's pretty <laughs> damn
0: impressive.
2: Yeah. Thank you, dude. That again, I have no. I have less of a an, an understanding of that world. So um, with that song, it just happened to get lucky with like a couple playlists. So you know that's that's cool. And I like it definitely does feel like a, it legitimizes the Spotify thing a little bit if you have like some streaming numbers so yeah. you're like cool. yeah exactly. That's, but it's definitely not like,
0: it's good for booking gigs, you know, that's why I focused on the streaming numbers, because that's exactly where the promoter's going to look after you send that email, you know, they're going to yeah. check you out, they're looking at your Instagram followers, and your Spotify yep. listeners, you know, so, yeah, it's like, it's such a pain having to pay attention to those numbers, but they are important, because they could unlock some pretty cool opportunities in the live scene, you know,
2: yeah, I, I will go through, Um, like, my Instagram is, like, pretty, there's, like, a lot of followers there, and my YouTube channel is, same sort of thing but there's a reason for that like it's not primarily music so i'll get into that a bit because it helps like it has helped me a lot with getting gigs and um securing stuff like that so i used to make youtube videos in high school of like skateboarding um so i made skateboarding videos i made these like fingerboard videos it was just like screwing around in like grade nine grade 10 yeah just for fun like with my with my my mates so that was uh That was kind of like, if I wasn't doing school or music, I was doing that. And then it just, it blew up into this, like, I was just like a kid, but I was, I had like a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Wow. I was like, Oh, so it just kind of became this thing. And then I, I had a bunch of Instagram followers from that as well. And then, you know, obviously that sort of path is not going to last forever. So like, I kind of, I tried to as, as strategically as possible, like transition a lot of those people into, uh, fans of the music. Yeah. And I think that's why Julia did really well because it was my first sort of like, you know, like single push from like after doing that. So, yeah, it, it um, it definitely helps a lot when you can like you can go to a venue or you can go to like a, a festival and be like, hey, I have this like this base. Right. You know, they're going to look at those numbers and be like, oh, great. And you can. So it doesn't necessarily have to be music like you can you can really branch off and do anything. But like people just want to see numbers. It seems like these days.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The people. Yeah. But so, are you a skater yourself,
2: or were you filming? I was skaters? like the worst of my of my crew. I can like kickflip and tray fluff and stuff. Nice, like nice, nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm not that. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of guys I feel like got to where we were. You know, you could like oh yeah, hit a five set maybe if you're feeling good or something. But like, I think
0: the most I ever did was four. That might be strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I loved great. making the videos. I was so into you know just capturing my friends and I skating and. It was so sad because, yeah, the tricks weren't very good. There's just numerous kickflips, you know? But it's just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so fun to put that stuff out there. And, that, wow, it's so cool that that connected with a huge audience for you. And then you got to just kind of transition that mm-hmm. as you grew. I, I love that.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah, I yeah, I kind of made that – I had to make that decision because I was definitely the worst of my crew. And I I had, like, a bit of skill with filming. So, so you that. got the one with the – all right, you're holding the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, like – I had like a sick camera, and I was like, I just happened to be the guy. I was like, always at the park and stuff. I yeah. like, I still love it to this day, but more for just transportational reasons, you know? Oh, absolutely. I love back on board, bro. Yeah, COVID got me yeah. back on
0: there. Just cruising,
2: yeah. Yeah, just like cruise around your hometown, and like, it's so freeing, man. Oh it's my such God. a fun thing.
0: Isn't it the greatest? But it also shows my age. I remind, you know, I'm like 30. I used to skate back when I was. Fifteen, sixteen, and you know, I would just skateboard all day. No, no big mm-hmm. deal. And now I hop back on a board. The next day, I'm like sore. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, <laughs> you know, I feel old. But it's it's just nothing better than just bombing a hill. Oh yeah, it's I just, know. Just so freeing, like you said, just cruising around the hometown. Yeah, it's great, man. I love it.
2: I'll never. I, I do think that like instilled a lot of like values in me, like doing the skateboard thing that I think a yeah. lot of kids don't get these right. days.
0: Yeah. Skateboards are always like associated as punks and slackers and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it takes a lot of hard work and you're putting, you're you're hurting yourself to get these tricks. It takes like a discipline, you know?
2: Like it actually makes no sense. Like it makes no sense. Looking back at some of the things we did, like we'd break onto a property to like skate some ledge poorly, but like we'd go do that. And then some guy would yell at us and we'd like, and then we'd go and like fall and a guy would get hurt. And like, it was just like a weird thing. And that was your day. That was that's what you did that day yeah it's it all is. for like an objective yeah and yeah it teaches you a lot of teaches you a lot of shit and um I think there's an episode I don't know if you're like a Seinfeld fan oh my god um, yes there's an episode of comedians it. in cars oh yeah and yeah he's talking about I think he's talking to like Chris Rock or I forget who but he's saying like he's like when you see skateboarder kids it's like that's uh he's like you shouldn't write them off because they're especially when they don't have like a helmet on, they're just like bombing down this like staircase and like falling 3000 times. Cause they're like, they're driven. And that teaches you something. I forget the actual quote, but like, it was, Oh my like God. That. I
0: love Seinfeld said that.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love dude, that. I'll send you the clip, dude. It's like, yeah. it makes you feel something inside. Cause like there's, there's th- that part of you never dies. And I, I don't yeah. think I'll ever walk by, I could be 60. I'll walk by like a, like a handrail or something. Ain't that the
0: truth? Like, yeah. You kind of, you look at your surroundings in a different way yeah like oh i could skate that i could definitely i still look at stuff to this day like oh that'd be cool Mm -hmm. that'd be cool. music doesn't
2: really change your your view that much you know it's not like you're looking for venues or something like sometimes you are but
0: no i i get that i get what you're saying i mean as a drummer maybe you know you see a bucket you're like oh that probably sound good if i hit it but i get what you're saying yeah it doesn't you don't really look at the world too differently oh you know what
2: though you do you'll walk into a room and you'll go like this
0: Yes, you do. Yeah, you notice the acoustics. So especially if you're into recording, yes, absolutely. I mm-hmm. love that.
2: That's you know what? That's a funny connection because I think those are two things that like I don't think you'll ever lose. Like you'll go your entire life. It's like your whole worldview is kind of shifted now, and you can't change that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It hasn't changed. It's been 15 years. Yeah, I love that. It's wow, it's so sick,
2: <laughs> man. So you're Bro, also I, in business school. Um, that's an old bio. I, so I, I did like. A year and a half of business school at this okay. uh, Ryerson University, okay, and I stopped over COVID just because I felt like it was, uh, I don't know, at my age and what I'm passionate about it. It didn't really line up with uh, with what I was wanting to spending my you know spend my time doing. Yeah, you know, I was like at the time I was like making trying to make a record and like all this stuff, and it, I, I just ended up putting putting the brakes on school for you know the time being yeah um so i got like a i got like a decent chunk of time to finish that program and i definitely learned a lot about myself doing it but um like spending that kind of money and doing it online was just not working for me so yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say
0: yeah it's not only a huge time commitment but decent chunk of change so
2: yeah well i liked going that school in particular is downtown toronto and i'm about like 30 40 minutes from toronto so i would take the train every day oh nice which was a grind but I did like going to the city. Like, that was my favorite part about that. So it's now been, like, two years on, like, online. So, like, I did that for a bit, and I was like, this just isn't working for me, so.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So that's on hold, and you're just grinding away at the uh, music. I'm sorry, but I was just... (laughs) Um, What is is your writing process like? I mean, do you write a lot with your buddies, or do you kind of bring them in after the song is written and, and teach it to them and and then go from there or
2: yeah uh it's all over the place i i think recently i've been doing a lot of like lyrics first lyrics first yeah wow. i but more i don't know like i'm very into like i, I think to my detriment sometimes because I, I find like i i won't focus as much on the music but i don't like recently i've just been listening to a lot of like bruce springsteen and stuff like that so i'm just like he i'm so interested first? in that part of it
0: what's that does he go lyrics first
2: I don't... I'm or you're not just sure. saying
0: like you're resonating I, 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 with that genre and that, that kind of...
2: Yeah, like yeah. that storytelling sort of thing. Okay, okay. And like I love like Neil Young and Dylan and, and stuff like that so like I've been you know, just trying to like write a lot that way. Yeah. Uh. And then a lot, like a lot of times my phone's filled with voice memos and... Oh, I love it. Of, of like riffs and stuff like that so yeah. a lot of times it's you know, you have some lyrics and you have a riff and you kind of try to put them together. Yeah. Um, And... The one thing I've been working on a lot recently is when you have that like inspirational kick to finish the song that night, or try your best to do that. Because if you don't, it's like it'll probably sit there for a couple months.
0: Preaching to the choir, yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I do. Yeah, you never want to rush it, but I can so relate to that feeling of like I want to capitalize on this inspiration right now, you know. And mm-hmm. I know if I don't, at least get a rough draft wrapped, mm-hmm. completing this is going to be a little difficult once I lose, once I'm out of this, you know, uh, zone or mode or whatever the hell. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm super into like space is kind of uh, inspiring writing and stuff like that. Like okay. I went up to, I went up north with um with a buddy to write and we, I was like sitting there and the sun was setting over this like, over the water. I was like, fuck, oh, I gotta like, and I had the song ideas. So I had to finish it there because I knew if I, if I let it, go I would not like the lyrics I'd come up with in my basement weren't going to be as inspired as like I would do yeah, there Yeah, you just get everything out even like as bad as it is like just you know a 30 minute voice memo and like a bunch of lyrics and then yeah. at least you have like that's encapsulated you can like right. you can and then you can fine tune there.
0: it right somewhere else and at least you captured
2: that I get mm-hmm. that yeah I, I had a there was a quote it's been like in, it's been stuck in my head since I heard it but it was that it was on a John Mayer Instagram story and he was talking about um, the songwriting process. Yeah. And like, you know, when people say like a song fell from the sky and like, I don't even feel like I wrote it, that yeah. whole cliche. He was saying that like, for him, the songwriting is like 25% divine intervention and 75% hard work. So he's like, you get that inspiration. Yeah. You like, you capture that, but you can't expect that to be it. Like, then you got to get to work and you take that and fine tune it. Yes. Absolutely. I was like, that, makes, that made a lot of things make sense to me. I was like, that's, that's a good way to think about it.
0: Yeah, I do. I have definitely resonated with that feeling of like, the, like I, I don't even know where the song came from. Like you're almost just like a channeling through it, you know, or it's mm-hmm. channeling through you. You're just the pen. But then it's always very important to, you know, I, I don't know about you when I'm stuck in this, it's almost like a manic inspiration strike and you're getting the song and you're in that zone And then you listen to it the next day with like sober ears and Mm -hmm. that's the real judge of like, Mm -hmm. is this good or is this not, you know? And then that's when the fine tuning begins if it's worth it. But yeah, I can relate to that. Is it like the next day when you leave that creative strike, is it like, all right, let's see actually what I got. Or do you always leave like, yeah, that was good.
2: Yeah. That stuff. I find like the, the sobering part, the sobering part is when you show someone else. Oh my God. For me. Yeah. Usually the next day, I've been there too, where you're like, ah, oh, this is not that good. That's like most, most like the little ideas or whatever. But if I think the song's really good, usually I'll like, you know, I'll probably think that the next day and I'll like, I'll, I'll build it up in my head that it's like probably better than it is. And then you show someone else, they're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then you go it's two very ways. They're like, yeah. You either like know that they're correct and then you, whatever, like that's one thing. Or it pisses you off and you're like, I know this song's great. I'm going to prove it to you or whatever that's a cool spot to
0: be in yeah because it's always you know it's a it's a dangerous thing especially to show someone too early on you know when you Mm -hmm. aren't I don't know what the word would be you're a little bit more exposed or or like on the fence about it because art is so subjective you know you could show it to a buddy who who's like I I don't really think it's good but that does not mean that it's not good you know everybody all you know all different people connect with all different kinds of music so i've found for me i just need to be careful of when i invite someone else in to show them you know i need to be confident in it first because someone else's feedback can sometimes just affect it negatively you know Mm you'll get into your head and it wasn't necessary but it's always very important also to get someone else's feedback
2: yeah on the same side of it like in that in that same respect if you gotta if you got someone who Tells you like it is about a song though. That's also nice. Like Super even if they valuable, yeah. say it sucks or this one part sucks or whatever, um, I like like the open the openness of that. And
0: well, it's also not- how they say it, right? It's not like oh that sucks, you know. But I have some buddies that I trust their mm-hmm. opinion, and they'll break it down. You know, they'll get that's specific, what about, right? Yes, like yes. I don't know that tone isn't resonating with me, or like I don't know does that bridge fit? You know, when they go into detail, I really appreciate. Yeah, constructive criticism is. Extremely valuable to what we do. But the worst like, part yeah, is no people
2: good. you send like a demo call, like or a song or whatever or a mix mm-hmm. and someone's like, It's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck off. yeah like well, I need like I need yeah, someone well, am I supposed I need to do with that. Solid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why like obviously you get you get so many friends in this industry or like releasing music and stuff. And I you know when people like repost uh repost their friend's song or whatever and they're yeah. like, Go go listen to this. Yeah. I I try to like refrain from doing that until I've actually like listened in my car or on speakers or something like that. Okay. Like out of respect for the, out of respect for them because they've like even if that takes a month for me to like get that time to like really sit down and listen to it. Right. I'd I'd rather that, and I'd hope that they'd rather me do that instead of just like, you know, BS on the day of the release and be right. like, oh yeah, this is great, go listen to it. Yeah, so yeah. I really try to like, I really try to do that because I feel like that's um, I'd want someone to do that for my stuff, and not just like listen to 20 seconds and post it
0: yeah yeah but no I that's get like, that but that's yeah, the true I'm, musician the, you, you know that's the person that's not looking j- just for the numbers you know you're mm-hmm. looking to better what you do and it's not about the quick streams the quick reposts it's like listen to it connect with it
2: and tell me what you honestly think you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that yeah and, and you know like not yeah. And try to be genuine with things too. Like obviously like if your friend releases something and you like want to support it, that's one thing. But, right. you know, I'm not just saying you like something because it's popular or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did have to say that to a buddy the other day.
0: You know, we always send stuff back and forth and... You know, I'm always impressed in love with what he does. But there, he sent me this one thing I really just didn't connect with. And I was on the fence about just being like, great, dude. You know, love it.
2: Uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I,
0: I wouldn't want that, you know. So instead, I did write back. I was like, dude, I hate to do this. I, I don't want to bring any negativity into this. But this one didn't connect with me. And this is why I think so. You know, it was really just like the tone of the synth. It was throwing me off or, you know, but whatever it was. And he really appreciated it, you know. And that's how you know. It's a little bit more than just, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. You know, you value each other's opinions and because that's how we get better, you know.
2: Yeah, that it takes balls to do that, man. Like actually be, be honest with someone like in, 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 it's guess not in easy to like just, yeah, it's not easy because right. you could you could float your way through and just like lie about stuff like that. But it, if you make the hard decision, like in the moment, it's going to pay off in the end. I think right.
0: it's all about how you say it. You know, you can say totally.
2: negative feedback in a nice way, you know. I dude, I appreciate the criticism always because oh yeah, like my one of my producers came to the like a show I had the other day, and I called him the next day because I just wanted to know what he thought. He's like, dude, it was great, but I'm gonna like give you 40 minutes of like criticism of what I would do. Like he's like, and this is not because I didn't like it; it's because I actually thought it was really good and I think it could be better. Absolutely, I'm like, that's what I like to hear, man. Yeah, like, it's yeah, great.
0: you're not trying to tear me down; you're trying to build <laughs> yeah. me up. You know, with some uh-huh. honest feedback. I don't know about you, but. Like I said, I film every show pretty much and I just study it like game tape, you know, not because I like seeing myself on a screen, but because I want to get better. I want to be like, all right, don't do that again. Or like, oh, okay, maybe a little bit more of that. And so do you capture a lot of your shows? Do you, do you watch, do you like watching that stuff back or you like to just kind of
2: leave it how it was and move on? I, I'm, I'm like religious about recording shows. I, Amen. I do pretty much every single one um yeah it really at least bring a zoom recorder
0: yeah exactly at least audio at least something yeah because i don't know but you kind of like black out on stage right like you're not very conscious in the moment so it's always nice to go and see like what actually happened
2: (laughs) yeah what you do know after a show is if it was like obviously if it was good or not but some shows just happen to have that like like transcendent element that you don't know why it was good you're like that was yeah. one of the best shows I've ever played I right. have no clue why yeah um so that was like last two weeks ago we played at this place called the Dakota tavern and we had two shows back to back because the way they've been operating is like they'll do one show at 50 percent and then show two at fifty percent capacity so you essentially uh, play to the whole room yeah, yeah, yeah you do it twice oh wow so the first show and I've been trying to break this down because I like I usually record everything. Yeah. And I didn't record that one On purpose? Or, no I just Honestly it was like The first show back there And like I just I had a lot of like Old friends coming I was just like not in the because like it's a lot Especially when like People are like sitting down And they're like Getting ready for the show You're like yeah. running out With your DSLR Yeah and like yeah, right it, it is
0: like another element Like you don't have enough Already to focus on You know now you need to Figure out where to record it Yeah uh, Yeah I get that <laughs> yeah, it, was
2: like, it was just like Too much to think about So I didn't do it Regrettably Because the first show Was okay I felt like really like anxious for some reason. I was kind of tight. You could you could tell, I think. I wasn't connecting with people. Uh, And like my voice didn't feel good. But it, you know, people were like, oh, that was great. But I didn't believe it. And then the second show was like, lights out, best show we've played. It was the same set. I don't understand. The only thing like physically, like I had a beer between the sets. Like that was (laughs) it. I don't know. And if that was it, then like I got to that's a whole other issue, but, like, I I don't know what else, like, happened. Like, wait, maybe wait, the wait, audience wait. was...
0: Is this two sets in one night, or is this two separate nights?
2: Two 45-minute sets in one night. So, we played, then and the then other the band played, and then out. crowd swapped out. Oh, and, wow. Yeah.
0: So, you had same set
2: twice same, in one same night. Same set, same sound technician, same everything. So, oh, honestly, wow. it was, like, a complete dress rehearsal for... That's probably the reason, right? Because you're like, Right, you, that's
0: incredible. I mean, God, how many times I've left the stage to be like, all right, now I wish I could do it. You know, <laughs> now I'm yes. warm. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So maybe you should almost like, it'd be smart maybe to after each show, if you're just doing one show, like voice memo yourself being like, I screwed this, 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 and this up <laughs> yeah. for next time, you know? Right. So you forget about that stuff. But anyway, like that second show was, was nuts. And like, I don't know, maybe that's why, maybe just because we had like a practice dress rehearsal like right before. Sure, sure.
0: But it, yeah, yeah, that's that's the weird thing about music or really anything art related is, it, 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 especially with songwriting or something, you don't know where it comes from. It has so much to do with your mood or where you're at. And yeah, sometimes there's shows that just don't really feel like you connected and there's no reason to it. It's just, that's what happened. And then, yeah, an energy shift, but wow, two, two shows in one night. That sounds fun. So that's, you guys are still 50% out there.
2: Yeah, so that was um, the 15th of October, oh, so we wow. did the two shows, and then the booker said if we sold those out, like both of them we could do then the next Friday as well, so those sold out, so we sold the next Friday out, and then all the restrictions, nice. or like a bunch of the restrictions in Toronto lifted the day before, so she reaches out to us and is like, she's like, hey, we're, um, we're opening like 20, 30 more tickets tomorrow. Like, do you think you could sell them? I was like, oh my god! So we ended up just like doing them at the door, and it ended up um, we ended up like selling that out too, which was oh which was god. sick. It was like so we ended up the first shows were like forty people per, and then, um, last Friday it was like sixty or seventy people, which is still small, but like it's uh yeah,
0: but in that same cool. area, back to back weeks, that's yeah, a it's great nice, draw. dude. Yeah, that's incredible.
2: We, we play another venue up in Orangeville that we play there like twice a month and we do our own sound like you know we gotta we gotta bring a board and all that stuff they have a house system and we've got to know that room really well because we've probably played it 15 times so you know when you're doing that twice a month you get quite good at like figuring out how to play in that room which is good yeah it sounds like you got a good local following too that must feel good yeah it's yeah it's cool man i'm i uh I put a lot of value in that. So like, I'm trying, like hopefully in the next year or two, I'd love to be able to like, you know, I have like certain goals that I'd love to hit as far as like venues in the, the GTA in Toronto yeah. that I'd like to play. So that's, that's kind of where I'm like uh, setting goals right now is, is venues and size of venues. And Amen, stuff. dude. Yeah.
0: I totally know that feeling. You know, I had my first bucket list, you know, like you almost do it in tears mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you move on to that next tier. Uh, and just start checking those venues off the list. It feels good. Um,
2: where's your favorite place you've played?
0: Favorite place I've played. I mean, I, there was just a couple, a lot of local spots. I I live in Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was just a lot of local spots that I grew up around, you know, and and I always just wanted to play them. And luckily I, I did, I I checked off everything on my first list, but you know, the, the next one, (laughs) a little tougher list to start checking off. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like just like the Middle East. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but that was the one, you know, a lot of people have been through there. Um, and it's just, you know, it's always cool to just reach your goals and then set new ones. Yeah. Uh, are you coming to the U.S. at all? you going to play in the U.S.?
2: Uh, I've only done that once. There's a lot of roadblocks up for an artist my size to do that as far as permits and stuff go. So Yeah. Was well, traveling um,
0: like getting across the border with gear or something?
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a weird thing where if you're a Canadian musician playing in the States, you have to get a P1 or a P2 verb, uh, permit or oh. visa, um, and you have to know the exact date you're playing, and you have to pay, I think it's like $2,000 per man to play. So it's ridiculous. What? Like You have to be probably selling out like a 1,000-person room to, to Dude, even justify- like, think about doing yeah. it. Oh, my God, I had no idea that. Yeah, and That's if you're crazy. A, if you're a US band coming up to play in Canada, you get um I think it's paid like $250 and there's it's much more free. Yeah. I I might be wrong on the the metrics there, but it's something along those lines and it's uh it's super unfair cuz I think and I kind of understand where the the states is coming from in the sense that like maybe a band like if someone's going out they, they go out once a month to see a show and like their options are you know, there's like a band from the U.S. or a band from Canada, then maybe they want to like give that job to the the U.S. band. But then again, an artist like there's only that one artist. Like, there's right. no one else named Gavin McLeod doing what I do in the states. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. if I want, people want to see me, and I'm like, I want to go to Florida and play. Like, I, I'm screwed. I can't do it. Yeah. Until, you, you know, you you can obviously get to a point, and if you land like an opening slot for someone, and you've got the right management, you could probably work it. But.
0: Yeah. I'm it's sick tough. of this. Like, oh, they're taking opportunities. Crap. It's like, eh, no. well, if you want to save money and leave your drummer in uh, Canada, I'll play drums <laughs> for you over in the States. <laughs> well,
2: dude, I mean, that's like, I wonder if that would be how I'd have to do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, I know like for a while, like pre COVID, I was, I was working with a producer and a label that were like, maybe thinking of like Europe as a goal in the next like yeah. three years, Oh, nice. which would be really sweet. Yeah. So and I have a couple of friends who've like done that circuit and you can just, you can hit so many more cities in like a small space. So
0: yeah, that would be wicked. Hell yeah. Damn. I had yeah. no idea. It was so hard to play in the U S that is crazy.
2: Yeah. I actually have a story. We played in uh, Memphis, Tennessee for, Oh, it's thing called the international blues challenge. So it was a festival unpaid, which is fine. Cause we were just like we're stoked young kids. We were yeah. like stoked to play in the States. So we are like, Whatever. So my, my aforementioned Memphis, dad, dude. who That's crazy. is like the biggest supporter, he he decided to drive down with his buddies, and the band and I flew down. And he drove down in like a van with all the gear. And he got to the border, and he's like, uh, I don't know, like the, the border officer was like, I have to seize all this gear. Like, you, I can't let you through. Like, this looks like you're in a band, and you're going to play a show, and you can't <laughs> do that. And my dad somehow, I don't know how he did it, but he, like, he talked the guy. He showed him a video. He was like, look, this is the band here. This is a video of them when they were 12 years old playing at a school barbecue. Like, this has been their dream to go and play in the States. Like, just let them through. And um, he, like, somehow convinced the guy to get us through. So all the gear came through, and um, we didn't we didn't get dinged on it. So, Dude, that your was dad crazy. is a legend. as oh a legend, dude. God. <laughs> that is awesome. Johnny. Yeah, it was wicked. Wow. It was almost like... It was it was almost really un, uh, real tragic, but we got we played uh He pulled the we played at BB Kings, we played at the Hard Rock Cafe oh, wow. and the Tin Roof in Memphis.
0: Oh, so you did three shows.
2: Yeah, so the other ones, the Hard Rock, we played like a four song, like kind of impromptu like uh open mic set almost. Okay. Our real set was at the Tin Roof, and I went up and did like three open mic songs at like there was just like a blues jam sit-in sort of thing at BB Kings. So I went up and did that too. Yeah, and it was um, it. very humbling. Cause there's like a lot of, a lot of really crazy players there. So oh, I bet, I bet. Yeah.
0: I love that. It's like, Hey, we got all this gear across the border. Let's, let's make it worth it. Let's play everywhere we can. Yeah. Open mic. Let's do it. Boom, boom, boom.
2: Yeah. Everyone else like, there, I, actually I played one more oh, mic too. And everyone wanted to go to uh, the Elvis house. Oh, and yeah. I was like, no, screw that, man. I, I want to play a show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I think you made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sure. It would be cool to see. Yeah, but... Me- Memphis
2: is wild. It is. It's all like contained in this one street, essentially. Like everything's kind of on Beale Street. And that's um, right. That's what I hear. That's it.
0: Yeah. I've never made it out there.
2: Definitely yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely worthwhile. It's what's next? What's what's coming up? Next up, there's. There's the possibility that I'll be on American Idol, but that's oh. like. Yeah. That's Weird opportunity that actually came through TikTok, of all places. So, like, Hell that's yeah. another reason to, like, stick out with that. Yeah, yeah. For real. I had, I I had a lot of friends things. who, like, clowned on that on that app. And then I... Um, uh, even me, I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Right, but I, yes, I got on, like, early enough. And I've actually got some, like, pretty wild... Like, I got, like, a publishing deal offer and all that stuff. Nothing that I actually took. But still, like, things came through. Like, real, actual things came yeah, through Yeah, offers always feel good. Yeah. I just got... Since we're talking like industry and stuff, I just got an offer to do, um, make like pretty good money to post one video for DistroKid. So they're like, because they saw that I used the platform for my distributor. Yeah. And they're like, if you make an ad video, we'll pay you X amount. So it's like, well, that's, and it's like, it's crazy. Like just to make one video or whatever. So they're, um, yeah. for a service, it's definitely that you like to... worthwhile. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Shout out to DistroKid. I just turned over to them um Hundo, yeah. yeah it's the best yeah they're doing great things i love it
2: it's tight it yeah so i get like an affiliate link that's awesome i can so, yeah so it's like use code this use code gavin for ten dollars off your membership or whatever nice nice so shout I, out, that video should it. be going live tomorrow so oh yeah, hell yeah hell yeah yeah so yeah anyway that i've like focusing on that um as dumb as i think it is the social media thing like people take note and uh just like musician friends are like oh you you look like you're doing like so well on yeah social media It's like okay i guess i'll keep up keep <laughs> right. up appearances and keep doing that yeah uh and then just for the next year my goal is to play as many shows as um sorry not you know what i actually i want to pull back on like doing as many shows as possible yeah be a little more strategic with especially with the band shows like you know maybe do one or two you know one toronto show a month but really make it special Yes.
0: Something yes. Like that. Yes. Yeah. You're at the quality over quantity stage, which is key, mm-hmm. especially local. You know, it's nice to totally because if if I've always, you know, if you're always playing, people are like, oh, "I'll catch them at the next one." But if it, yeah, like you said, once a month, make it an event. That's yeah. That. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah. Be strategic with that, and I, I I'd love to get this um this record finished. Uh, yeah. So you're
0: working on a LP.
2: Yeah. A essentially, debut. like where there's uh there's an opportunity possibly for so for me to make like my first LP in the next two years through some like a label and some grants and stuff like that. So okay. that's a possible goal I'm working on right now. Uh, I'd love to get like an EP out by like spring next year. And then yeah. we've got some, some cool festivals next year that are going to carry over from like literally two years ago we were we were supposed to play them oh, nice. and they've carried over. So hopefully awesome. they all actually happen next year yeah. and then we can finally do them. Hell yeah! Yeah, man. Well, this
0: has been a blast, man. It's really nice to finally meet you.
2: I agree. I think we should. Yeah, we should do it again down the road when. uh, Yeah, time permits and
0: all that. Definitely. Yeah, next time you got especially when the LP comes out. But yeah, next time you got something coming, let's let's reconnect and see how things are going.
2: Yeah, and I would love to make it down to Boston at some point. Yeah, I've got like a couple buddies that I'd love to like. I've been planning on like coming down at some point and jamming with and stuff. So. Yeah, brother, we'll do this and we'll do this in person. Hopefully,
0: that'd be sick. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. hit me up if you make the trip. Hundred percent, man. Awesome, brother. It was great chatting with you. Thanks for doing this. Yes,
2: you as well, dude. See ya. Is
0: there anything you needed to plug right before we wrap or links? Where are your links?
2: Yeah, links. It's Gavin the Cloud on Instagram, Gavin McLeod. It's M C L E O D on YouTube, and then Gavin McLeod on on Spotify. Awesome. And all my dates are up on my website. Um.
0: So just to yeah. So the handle is Gavin the Cloud T H E the Cloud yes yes but your Cloud spelt
2: like right. like i Cloud yeah yes like but your
0: cloud. name is Gavin McCloud just yeah I clarify. don't know why
2: I'd, I actually had a buddy in like high school that I think he called me that or whatever so it just kind of stuck oh no and it's I,
0: perfect yeah I just want to make sure the listeners yeah
2: they can, that's they it. can decipher <laughs> that but yeah
0: that, that's a great handle
2: yeah thank you and then um yeah I'm I'm hopefully releasing some like some music within the next couple months. Leading up to an EP, that's the goal, and then yeah, yeah, next summer we're playing main stage at Ottawa Blues Fest. Nice that we a show that we've been waiting to play for like three years. Hell yeah! So actually, I I will talk about that really quick if you have a minute,
0: please, dude, please.
2: So we, this is kind of wild. So I feel like it's like just indicative of of things these days. But like we were we were supposed to play. I've always been independent, so I've like I applied to this Ottawa Blues Fest thing, um and i got on it was like a smaller tent stage but like i was opening for shaky graves and like he's wicked like a you know proper proper size artist i'd never had an opportunity like that before so we got the band in the car we went to ottawa had a hotel and then we're like we're backstage in the trailer and looking up in the sky we're like oh no Just like just wicked storm rolls in and just thunderstorm like almost a tornado it was just like this wicked thing and then the oh. stage manager comes he's like guys i'm so sorry but you know the ten thousand people that are going to be out there they're not there for you they're there for shaky graves so we have to like his set has to happen unfortunately we can't push your set back here's a case of like 50 beers <laughs> so sorry and he just like drops it off and he leaves I was like... so that was like probably not the smartest thing to give a bunch of like you just got their dreams crushed,
0: yeah. Here's yeah, the, uh, dreams crushed.
2: <laughs> we're like, we're so sad, and we're, yeah. So, and then we have this like case of beer. So that wasn't the smartest thing.
1: Ugh.
2: You learn. You learn a lesson. The <laughs> yeah. next year, I I don't know how this happens, but we, I apply again to play it. We get the main stage opening for King Crimson and Dean Lewis on the Saturday. So like that's, it still blows my mind how that was even possible. Like, but that's like the biggest stage you've ever seen. Like it was. That was going to be a milestone. And it felt like, okay, we missed last year, but this was, it was all meant to be. Yeah. And then COVID 19. Son of a bitch. Oh I my know. God. It happens. I was hoping the next year it would happen. Like last past summer, yeah. didn't happen. Canceled it again. Um, I'm very confident that like next year, next summer, I think things are going to be sorted. And yeah. if they're not, we have bigger issues than like me playing a show. So that's, <laughs> that's well, that. You
0: will get that opportunity. Oh,
2: damn. That's heartbreaking it's like it feels meant to be in some way like maybe i love you know if we played it that first year it wouldn't be we wouldn't have been ready yeah and if we played it the second year we wouldn't have been ready so it's it's all good hell yeah it's all meant to
0: be i respect that man i respect that for sure i yeah yeah covid
2: was a heartbreaker yes brother yes yes (laughs) the worst the worst thing that could happen to musicians man
0: i know i know but hey it sounds like in a way, like you said, it was all meant to be. You know, you got to write, you got to put out these tracks. Now you're back hitting it, and uh, I just can't see, can't wait to see what you do next, man. It's a, it's Thank a pleasure you so to much. Chat with you. We'll be in touch. Awesome, Ryan.
2: Yes, we will be in touch, man. Have a good one. You too. Peace. Peace. Boom,
1: and we're back. Back. God. Back like we never left, baby. It almost feels like that, doesn't it? That was also good. That was, you know. What do you think
0: about the Zoom thing, though?
1: The Zoom thing, I mean, right. I get it, because, like. It's tricky. Yeah.
0: Like, and I'm also a little guilty. I, I called somebody out who's very close to me recently for saying like a lot in their conversations. Yeah. I overheard some work calls, and they were saying like a lot, and I was just like. <laughs> see here I yeah, am yeah. and so I tried to give the advice like hey by the way you know because I would want people yeah, to no, let like me know
1: that was the thing like I was taught like yeah you can't do but that. I
0: noticed like I, I did that a lot in the interview and I, I don't know if it was nerves I don't know if it was me overcoming the zoom thing um, yeah, but, but it's let's just be really like
1: up. a natural it's episode thing. two
0: right yeah. I'm an amateur at this people
1: yeah
0: I'm getting better I'm yeah. improving Um, but that's the good thing about having to edit myself is I get to be like, yeesh, you know, writing a lot of notes down for future interviews. <laughs> but honestly, I'm just glad to give him that platform. I mean, not that much of a platformer that he needs any help from me, but I'm just so glad that he got to share his story. With us. Um, yeah, well, with, with us you, and with, with his fans. Guys, yeah, exactly. with the people that want to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Plus yeah. it, it gives us and uh, him a new opportunity. Like whoever hears us, maybe they'll be interested. Look him up, you know. Yeah, you now, the Zoom thing. Hmm. I get it. Because I used to watch like last year during uh COVID or whatever, I was watching hot ones yeah and they like did zoom calls yeah 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 so i kind of get right. It changes that dynamic yeah, like, a little bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a little frustrating but like it's yeah.
0: better than nothing yeah right it's really cool that we are we're able to do this and i can connect with somebody like gavin who's out in canada mm-hmm. because uh i don't see us taking i don't see him taking the trip down here to do this I mean, <laughs> hey
1: if you ever want to go to canada i'm down man i've never been
0: up there so let's oh go. i've been once it was great yeah i'm looking to go back my aunt lives up there um
1: Is it okay if we? Uh, Amy
0: Joe. Hopefully, one day, maybe we'll have her on here, bro. We have to. I know. Well, we gotta, we gotta do well first, and then be like, "Hey, Amy, you want to come?" I'm curious. I honestly want to talk to her. I have a lot of questions. That
1: would be. That'd be sick.
0: I know. Maybe that'll be like the. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Off track. Off track. Coming.
0: (laughs) Coming. Coming. Coming at you. (laughs) 2022. (laughs) No, but it. You know, it's just no surprise that he got started at, at a young age. Just the way. His answers were, you know, he, he, he held hmm. it. He was very professional, very professional, but not like stick up his ass kind, you Conceded, know, like, motherfucker. or yeah, exactly. It was like, it was perfect. He was really great to talk to and you know, he doesn't fuck around and that's why he's crushing it. But yeah, he's like selling out shows out there. He played back to back shows. So the way they're doing it. Oh yeah. So he touches on this in the interview. Is it, is it, are we at the end? Is this the end one or is this the beginning? End one. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. End one, end one. Like he
0: touched on in the interview, like, so they're doing 50% capacity. So what they do is they book two shows. So they have two shows back to back, one with 50%, one with 50%. So he's playing both of those the shows. set and then he plays the set again to a whole new crowd. That's How awesome. How fucking
1: wild is that? That's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. That's cool. Just the fact
0: that you can sell out like two back to back shows, fucking great, and, like bro. I think he's done it like weeks in a row. So yeah, shout out to you, dude, because that's not
1: easy. That's fucking great. Yeah. Really, he did that.
0: Yeah, one? yeah, he he did the damn thing. Bravo, bro. Absolutely, bravo. And he's got more shows that he's announcing, and um, he's just crushing it. He's I, I respect that drive. I love people that don't fuck around with this shit. That, that do it, you know, that have to do it. I love mm. that. So respect, shout out to you. Yes. Shout out to the listeners listening.
1: Thank you, Gavin. Yes. Thank you so much. If you're ever in Massachusetts, definitely come, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. As you as
1: you heard in the interview,
0: because uh, I, uh, so it costs, like if you wanted to go from Canada and play in the States, yeah. you have to pay $2,000 a person. Oh, wow. <laughs> i so i jokingly was like well if you want to leave your drummer in canada save 2000 <laughs> <laughs> know? no disrespect to your drummer of course i was just joking <laughs> um but that'd be sick god damn dude. yeah yeah so damn let's switch that up because i would love to have you know it, i'm not like one of those people like oh they're gonna come and take our gigs you know it's like there's i want everybody. it's not about that yeah exactly it's Take that away from both sides, and we'll go out there and take their gigs. They come down and mm-hmm. take ours. We'll help everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to play in Canada. Mm-hmm. I haven't played international yet.
1: That'll be
0: awesome. That'd be sick. Let's that'll, do it. That'll be fucking great. Well, you got anything else for the people?
1: Um, life is what you make it. Make it
0: good. Yeah. Amen. And save some for when you're better. Damn right.
1: That was a good segue. Hey, I got got to plug it. Always. (laughs) Well, thank you guys again. Yes, sir. Gavin. Gavin, my guy. I love you, dude. Yes. I never met you, but I love you. (laughs) Yes. See,
0: that's what this pod does. It forms connections.
2: I love you so much, man. Oh, my God.
0: Shout out to you, Gavin. Thank you so much. Be nice records. Yes. Have a great Thursday. Yes. Morning, afternoon, or evening. And good night. Peace. Adios.